You're listening to a Sin Media podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7. You're listening to the weekly wrap on Sin 90.7 with Celine Barra, Sarah Booth, and Bethany Hayes. On today's show, we explain what on earth is going on with Australia's Prime Minister. We evaluate our ongoing bachelor sweep. Plus, don't miss us discuss our favourite new rom com. As always, we'll give you today's headlines and promise to keep you updated on all the developments in Australian politics. So let's start off with the breaking news of the day. Scott Morrison is Australia's new Prime He beat Peter Dutton in the leadership spill 45 votes to 40. Julie Bishop, who also nominated for Prime Minister, was defeated in the first round of voting. The former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull called the split at 12.20pm after he received a petition from Peter Dutton with the signature of 43 MPs who wanted him out. Energy Minister Josh Frydenberg was elected as Deputy Prime Minister. Turnbull held a press conference just under an hour ago and reflected on his time as Prime Minister. He said he had been a reforming Liberal PM and said and was proud his party had delivered the historic reform on same-sex marriage. He thanked his family, saying it wasn't easy being the wife or a child of the Prime Minister and said it had been a tough time on them. He said he remains very optimistic and positive about our nation's future and that it has been a privilege to be our country's leader. He said the events of the past week had been madness, but he was impressed by the number of colleagues who spoke against disloyalty and that the insurgents were not rewarded as Dutton failed. So, Sarah, when did this begin? So, this all began back on Tuesday morning when Malcolm Turnbull surprised a lot of people and called a leadership spill. Peter Dutton challenged Malcolm Turnbull but lost 48 votes to 35. So, Turnbull remained Prime Minister. Peter Dutton resigned from Cabinet after the loss, along with several other Dutton supporters. And then what happens? So on Wednesday morning, things were looking up for Turnbull, with Matthias Cormann, a key Conservative, publicly declaring his support for the Prime Minister. That afternoon, however, Turnbull was informed by Senator Cormann he no longer had majority in the Liberal Party room. The then media reporter... Sorry, the media then reported that Peter Dutton's camp is distributing a petition among Liberal MPs calling for another party room vote. Yesterday, Mr Dutton told Mr Turnbull that he now has the numbers and challenged him to another spill. Turnbull refused. More cabinet ministers withdrew their support for Turnbull and more ministers resigned. As a result of the chaos, Christopher Pine moved a motion to adjourn Parliament early. The motion was upheld and Parliament will now not meet until September 10th. And how did Turnbull respond to this? So Turnbull didn't really have a choice. He had to call a party room meeting and resolve the crisis. Parliament had literally stopped because of it. But what Turnbull did next is smart. He called a press conference and announced he would call a party room meeting for the next day only if he receives a petition with 43 Liberal MP signatures supporting Dutton. Why is it 43 signatures? So there are 85 Liberal MPs. Therefore, Dutton needed at least 43 MPs to vote to replace Turnbull in order to have a majority. Turnbull's demand for a petition with names was actually quite smart. It forced any MPs who wanted to switch camps and support Dutton to own up to it. Normally, these names would remain unknown. Turnbull's forcing them to stake their position publicly. Understandably, this is a risky move and some MPs would have felt reluctant to sign that petition. Career-wise, it could have backfired for them had the challenge failed. In the press conference, Turnbull also threw some shade at former Prime Minister Tony Abbott and said he would not stay on as a backbencher if he is voted out of the PM's office. 
why can we have our Prime Minister change? Like, did we not vote Malcolm Turnbull in as our Prime Minister? Technically, we didn't. We voted for the Coalition, mm. not Malcolm Turnbull. So, under the Australian political system, when we have an election, we do not directly vote for a Prime Minister. We vote for someone to represent the electorate we live in. Unless they're an independent, the representative you vote for is a member of a political party. So, Labor, Liberal, etc., There are 150 electorates in Australia. To win the election, a party needs the majority in the House of Reps. So they need 76 of their members to win in their electorates. The leader of the party that wins the most seats gets to be Prime Minister. So Liberal Party, as part of the coalition, won the last election. The the Liberal Party's leader, Malcolm Turnbull, was therefore elected PM. So, while in the last election, Australians knew voting Liberal meant Turnbull as leader of the Liberals would become Prime Minister, there was no guarantee that he would remain leader of the party and therefore Prime Minister. So, if the leader of the party within the majority changes, the Prime Minister changes? Exactly. Voters don't get to choose the leader of the party. The party themselves do. That's why leadership skills are possible. The party room is able to vote for a new leader, in this case Peter Dutton. That leader is then Prime Minister. Hopefully this is the last leadership spill that we see for a while. Definitely. Fingers crossed for that one. And here are our news headlines for today. Police are currently investigating a factory fire that broke out in an abandoned building in Melbourne South. Six Metropolitan Fire and Emergency Service crew and 46 firefighters arrived at the warehouse on Buckhurst Street around 5.45pm yesterday when the fire broke out. While early fire investigations have been unable to determine the cause of the fire, the flames are now under control and firefighters remained on the scene overnight to monitor the building and confirm no threat to the public. Melbourne's southeast residents have expressed anger after parking inspectors charged them for parking outside their own homes. The new Cranbourne housing estate is filled with townhouses and hundreds of residents, but with not enough car spaces. Residents who say they have no other option but to park on the nature strip have been fined up to $160. A Melbourne police officer has been jailed for punching a teenage boy and attempting to cover it up by instead charging the boy with assault. The victim left the county court yesterday with his title of senior constable suspended and has been sentenced to 12 months prison and a $5,000 fine. Queensland police are seeking public help to find a two-year-old boy who was taken from a South Brisbane medical facility yesterday. A man and a woman were seen taking the boy and putting him into a car before he was seen by doctors at about 8pm on Thursday. Anyone who knows anything is urged to contact the police. The federal court is set to rule on a penalty for food company Heinz after they misled consumers by claiming one of its snacks, marketed for toddlers, was beneficial for young children. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission has called for Heinz to be charged a $10 million fine, but Heinz has spoken out calling the penalty oppressive, suggesting $400,000 would be a more appropriate figure. South Australia has run out of hay with more farmers looking to Victoria and Western Australia's resources to feed their livestock. The food shortage is even expected to run until 2019, where Victoria might need to supply New South Wales if the lack of harvest-stable crops continues. Peter Dutton's office has been targeted in a late-night attack just hours after he claimed he had the numbers to challenge Malcolm Turnbull for Liberal leadership. 
On Wednesday, a 12-year-old refugee girl in Nauru attempted to set herself on fire. Family and friends intervened, but she suffered some injuries and is currently being treated at the Nauru hospital. This is not the first of these incidences in Nauru, with another young refugee critically ill after refusing to eat and drink and rejecting medical care for weeks. A government source has told The Guardian the situation in Nauru has grown dangerously chaotic. In Melbourne, it is 16 degrees with winds of up to 14 kilometres per hour. And now for entertainment with Celine Farrah. Thanks, Bethany. Another sexual assault case has been presented to the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office on Tuesday involving actor Kevin Spacey. Post Malone's private plane has made a safe landing at Stewart Airport in New York after two tyres blew during takeoff on Tuesday. Rapper Mac Miller has been charged for a DUI after crashing his car while he was under the influence and then fleeing the scene on Tuesday. Madonna has been criticised over her MTV VMA's tribute to Aretha Franklin on Monday, with viewers accusing the 60-year-old of paying tribute to herself. Rapper Nicki Minaj has called out Astroworld artist Travis Scott for using unfair promotional tactics for his album. As if her father and half-sister speaking to the press weren't enough, Meghan Markle's half-brother is now chiming in, blaming Prince Harry for their family feud. And in some light-hearted news, rapper Drake has made a surprise visit to a girl's hospital room in Chicago who is awaiting a heart transplant. That's all for entertainment, now to some sports news. 20-year-old Collingwood defender Sam Murray is reportedly under investigation by ASADA after allegedly testing positive for an illicit drug in a post-match test last month. Former footballer Ben Cousins is behind bars again after allegedly threatening to kill the mother of his children on Wednesday. Collingwood defender Jeremy Howe has been ruled out for a fourth consecutive week, still battling to overcome a corked thigh. Hawthorne's Lance Franklin says he's ready to take on the Hawks on Saturday, overcoming his groin concern. Scott McLaughlin is aiming for a supercar first this weekend and, in doing so, maintain his series lead. And in some tennis news, Bernard Tomic has been accused of tanking during a performance on Wednesday against Tanasi Kokonakis at the US Open qualifiers. That's all for the news. And boy, have we got a good segment for you. Sarah, what do you have for us? Okay, so the big news today, of course, is... Huge news. That we have a new Prime Minister. I know. Again, (laughs) just minor news. Since the 27th of June, 2013, we've had five. So this is our fifth Prime Minister in eight years. So becoming a bit of a a regular, regular occurrence. But, um, you know, as annoying as it is, actions online... They've been getting. They've been pretty amazing. How funny have they been? Like I read one the other day. Like it was a tweet saying, "If anyone was to ever invade Australia, now is the time." That's actually so true. The the army would be like, "Wait, who do we take orders from?" Actually, scary though. There's been so many good ones. I know the Northern Territory News suggested they should like put their own hat in the ring because. Like, they nearly have enough followers than Peter Dutton. Like, isn't that crazy on Twitter? No, it's actually, like, literally everyone is just putting up their hand. Like, you've got the iconic (laughs) Lily Chin. Oh, love her. She's tweeting with the uh, hashtag Prime Tuna stuff. I would vote for that. I would vote for her. She's She's better than all the rest. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, actually. And, like, yeah, there was someone that edited Australia's Wikipedia page saying, like, the leadership spill is our national sport. I actually actually love that. I've been glued to the television. And then, like, speaking of sport, 
the classic Stephen Bradbury win oh, at yes. Winter Olympics, skating past everyone who <laughs> fell over. There's so many memes where they've like superimposed like How Bill Shorten. That meme is my favorite. Like they've, you know, because like the Labour now has a better chance at the election. Yeah. Thanks yeah. To this, uh, mess all the superimposed like it is a mess. Scott Morrison's face like, he came out of nowhere like Dunnan's the one who orchestrated this whole challenge it, he, I would I'm and then shocked Scott, Scott Morrison yeah, has just come out, out of nowhere come out of nowhere so <laughs> definitely been pretty entertaining but the mm-hmm. thing is as much as we like to laugh about it and be like haha this is so funny it's really not mm-hmm. because it I don't know about you guys but I'm pretty frustrated oh for sure like I feel that it's just we look so unstable from mm-hmm. this whole thing, and it's just all much of the same. Like anyone, just and stay, the same. Stay with and the thing, the thing like, is, it's all representative of the same party. Exactly. So, is changing the face really going to change anything? Yeah. And what the reason that I get so frustrated about this is that I feel the politicians' job they should not be there out of self interest. Mm-hmm. There's no. nothing controversial about that statement. That's literally the whole point of going and being elected to parliament is that you are serving the Australian people. Yes. You are meant to look at the problems facing the Australian public and do your very best to fix them. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how having internal crisis after internal crisis is doing your best to fix the problems we are facing. Do you think that in this past week, uh, Dutton and Turnbull and Julie Bishop and everyone else, do you think that they've been sitting in their offices being able to look at the problems that are facing Australians and work on solutions? No, no, no of course not. They're focusing on revolts no within way. their own party. But even the whole, like, voting them in, it should be for the public. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. this, is, this is Australia. And I think it's ignoring some of the bigger issues. Exactly. Like, exactly. The media coverage. Mm-hmm. I mean, look here, it's we taken are away. guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, we, we started off the show with the media <laughs> coverage of it. And there's real news events happening. Like, one woman is still killed, like, every week by a current or former party. Exactly. Domestic violence Domestic is a huge violence is issue. A huge issue. We have horrible things happening on Nauru at the moment. Exactly. We have children who are harming themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Children who are suicidal, and that should be on the front. And where page. is the attention? But even the whole drought coverage. But exactly. South Australia so ran much. out of hay today. That's but huge. And where do you see that? Yeah. And, and it's not even like the late. It's not even in the news there. It didn't even make it. Like, and you heard about it so much the earlier weeks where there was none of this exactly, leadership still exactly. going on. The second this starts, I've barely heard about it. I know. And half yeah. of the Great Barrier Reef has died since 2016. Where does that get a mention? Exactly. It doesn't. So, I mean, it's pretty clear we're all pretty frustrated yeah. about it. But yeah. so is the general public. We, yes. When out and had a speak we spoke to the people of Melbourne we to did. hear what they think about mm. the hashtag lip spill and here's what they had to say. Oh I think it shows we've got a little period of instability currently. I think it's a little bit crazy and I think it's a little bit unnecessary and I think all of the representatives who are currently sort of at the forefront of the spill, they all sort of represent the same government anyway. So it's not like there's gonna be a massive change. To be honest, I don't really care. So there you heard it. That's what the people of Melbourne have to say about the leadership spill. Now, the news today has been pretty heavy. So next mm-hmm. up, we're going to take a bit of a lighter look and we're going to be looking at a pretty crazy story out of the I US. I love this story. Um, about what one woman <laughs> has done to find the ideal man. Don't go anywhere. You're going to want to hear this. Now, guys, I heard the most crazy story this week. So picture this. It's a 21-year-old, so not much older than us, New Jersey woman, and she basically set herself up as the real-life bachelorette. Oh, that is too good. Picture this. So she's on Tinder and basically basically she invites a whole bunch of men mm-hmm. out on the same date 
at the same time. So, wait, do, so these men don't know that they think they're going on individual dates with They her. think they're going on individual dates with Just this woman. Just an ordinary date. But Just an ordinary date, except it's at Times Square <gasps> and there is 200 men on this date. Literally 200. So she has gone and basically pulled a massive surprise out to them. They are essentially competing <laughs> for her. So does she, like, eliminate them as, as they go? Or? Well, you know, at, like with Tinder, is it the swipe right, swipe think, left yeah, thing? Yeah. She basically... Not that I use it, but... <laughs> <laughs> me neither. She basically invites them up on stage mm. and she effectively swipes left to people who don't make the cut. I love this girl. So we're talking people like five foot ten and under. I think she swiped <laughs> left Oh, my gosh. Two. So she's pretty picky. And oh. I basically wanted to ask you guys, do we think modern dating has gone too far? Is this too far? I think this is too far. I do oh, think the same. I must, I must say I'm a little, I guess, uh, suspicious of mm. this girl's motives because I've come across the story and I do know that she, like, I feel like, of course, this was going to get media attention. Oh, yeah. Like, she hired it's a media stage. Gold. Yeah. Like, she was on stage. Like, it wasn't just, like, Times some Square's random Times Square's very public as well. Yeah, and mm. she obviously would have had a bit of money if she was hiring mm-hmm. a stage in Times Square, um, I would presume. Mm. And I know she was, I can't remember if it was, like, a model or actress or something or singer, but aspiring in that sort of in that area. Sort of field, so I do wonder, arts. I'm like... Is this a publicity stunt? Look, most likely, I reckon it probably is. And Times Square is like the most public place. Exactly. I've spoken to people who have like been like, it's so much, there's so why, much atmosphere. Why would she want to do this otherwise? I know. And that's because I think you kind of hope that it's for fame because yeah. what does it say if it's not like, what does it say about <laughs> modern know. dating if she wasn't doing this for fame? But like, she just genuinely thought that inviting like, I don't know how many guys it was. 200 or 200, something. 200, Talk to 200 guys Can I just say, how much time has she up? I like, know. that's I know. Like, How do you have hours. the energy to talk to 200 men? I mean, I do not. What is enough? <laughs> 200 dates singly is hard, so I get where she's coming from, but still. <laughs> still, come on. I feel like 200's a bit extreme. Yeah. I just yeah. can't imagine what it's like for the guys when they're publicly swiped left. Like, how <laughs> embarrassing would that be? It would be so humiliating, but at least for them, it wouldn't be as humiliating as being... I guess publicly swiped left on The Bachelor oh. when you get eliminated, as some girls did last night. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we will be recapping that up Can't next. Wait. Looking at which of us have lost girls in the sweep oh. and uh, who's <laughs> out in front <laughs> in the sweep. You're listening to the weekly wrap with Beth, Celine, and Sarah. Guys, I'm really gutted that I missed last week's Bachelor Suite. I'm sad for you I as know. well because that was so fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in a bit of luck because we're going to do a bit of an update today. Yes, yeah, so we've got an update on how yeah. our sweep's going. I don't so know we, about you, but I'm a bit competitive. Oh, so. <laughs> I'm so competitive. So I want we, to win we this got thing. about eight each, right? Yeah, yeah seven so to eight. Which of your girls like made an impression in the episodes of this week, Bethany? Well, I picked Brittany and I am so thankful I picked her because did but you... you She's going well. Wait, let me rephrase that. I drew her. This was was a bit of a luckier. And did you see her single date? Yes. Hello. I I could win this. (laughs) Definitely a contender there. Did you see 
Brooke single day. Well, it was like um, the with the key to the bash party. Yes, that I'm kind kiss. of like erasing that from my memory because now I'm worried she's going to win and I didn't draw her. Okay. <laughs> there was a bit of sparks there with that kiss. Yes. I'm not going to lie, big sparks But there. guys, one of mine went. So you guys oh. are so sorry. <laughs> so it's right, some of mine went too. Oh, she didn't really get much airtime. But her parting was so funny. Her saying like, I, sh- I can't believe I shaved my legs for this. Like, <laughs> True dance this time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, one of mine left as well, Alex. Andra, so I'm a bit sad yeah. about that, but it's bound to happen. We've got to accept this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I also one of the other girls I have apart from Brooke, who I'm gutting for. I want I want Brooke to win. Yes. Um, is Kath? Oh and yes. I, I feel like she might not win. Mm. Um, she She's intense. Lo- <laughs> <laughs> she in the last uh, episode on on Wednesday night episode. Yeah, Wednesday. She. So, for those of you who don't know, Cass actually knew Nick beforehand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the big drama. She said they were friends. Mm-hmm. And she sat down with Nick and she read... She said she was reading from her diary. Yeah. But as fans have pointed out, the pages were blank. So At least they appear sure. blank. So we're not really Unless it could sure. just be the lighting. Sometimes yeah. the lighting. camera lighting doesn't mm-hmm. show, um, mm-hmm. like, writing on white paper. But she read out what she said to Nick and... I mean, she said really beautiful things. She said love that things. she said that you know she now she believes in love at first sight yes. because of when she met him. But oh my gosh, I think Nick wasn't really into <laughs> it. His so eyes, he's got very um bright, intense eyes, and didn't he like look away? He was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> not quite sure about that reaction. And I, I think know. as well, like when he, when she said it, she he was he he said back to her, he's like, oh, it's just hard because I really don't want to hurt anyone yeah. and I think I think Cass thought he was talking about the other girls but I'm like uh, honey I think he's talking about <laughs> you because you've just said these beautiful things to him and I don't think he feels the same way I mean I might be proven wrong yeah, I'm we more could than happy be to be wrong proven here. wrong I would love if Cass would win but yes. um, I think eternal she got glory. the wrong message from him yeah I feel like they're not quite on the same yeah. page yeah if I was to hear that I would I would say that's a no-go yeah. zone just personally yeah. but you know, we'll have to wait and see. We can be proven wrong. And I hope we are proven wrong because I want Brittany to win. Just putting it out there. And if you want to tell us who you want to win, I think you should tweet us at uh, the Weekly Wrap End. Yes, so get us on Twitter. Send in your thoughts. Who do you think's going to win? Involved, guys. What do you think mm-hmm. of the and girls? And why as well. We want to know yes, why. Yes. Put some emojis in there as well because why not? Now, guys, I wanted to uh, talk to you about a little something that I saw this week. So, Brendan Goddard, uh, who's an AFL player, mm-hmm. he uh, was told by the club this week that his contract is not going to be renewed, not going to be extended. Essendon, yeah, by Essendon, Essendon club, so, Essendon's own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, he will not be playing for the club next mm-hmm. year anymore. So, essentially, I guess kind of lost his lost yeah. his job. Yeah, in effect, that's Basically what it is. Basically got kicked out. Yeah, yeah. and so he, uh, he spoke to the playing group and I've got – the speech here and I just want to play you a little bit of it because it's really quite moving and powerful so take a listen here sorry everyone just having a few technical difficulties last game for the footy club um so as much as I prepared for it doesn't not only this standing up front of you guys but <sighs> hearing the news from Whoosh I went earlier than I thought I would. Yeah, just it doesn't until you hear it, it doesn't make it any easier. So, I guess. so 
there's just a little excerpt from the speech and I just want to talk about it because I think I, I'm an Essendon supporter. Mm, as so am I. Go bit bombers. of bias. But um, yeah, when I saw the speech, I, I saw I, I was on my computer and I was like, oh, dad, look at this. And we watched the speech and it was really quite moving, quite emotional. Mm, it is and so I, emotional. Especially when, um, in case you couldn't pick up, he is like kind of crying like you know yeah his, he's his voice is breaking a little bit. So he's crying kind of, a little different bit. to what you usually see in these scenarios exactly yeah. and i think it's so important because there's such this kind of macho culture yeah. around yeah. sport and i just thought it was really powerful to have this you know really talented mm-hmm. really respected, respected yeah footballer standing in a room of like 40 guys mm-hmm. yeah and just Kind of openly crying in front mm-hmm. of them, and, and he didn't hide yeah. it. Like when he went up, he brought a box of tissues. That's you might have heard him refer when he's like, "Oh, I went earlier than I thought." I he would. wasn't afraid to cry. He wasn't yeah. afraid to cry, I and that is so beautiful. important today. Like it's refreshing to see. We never see that. How often do we see that? Oh, very rarely, especially in sports. I'd say, like, yes. and it, yeah, yeah, it reminds us that it's okay. It's okay not to be perfect yeah. all the time. Because I just think with men, like uh, for women, it's kind of it's okay to cry, mm-hmm. but I just feel like it's almost expected. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. Ooh, I cry a lot. Yeah. But um, with men, there's just, I think that it is so important for mental health that it's okay that men can talk about their yeah. feelings. And I really exactly. hate it whenever in like, any I aspect talk to guys life, and they'll yeah. be like, oh, yeah, like it's, they kind of, they might say that may maybe don't talk as much about their feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just find that so sad. Cause they do cage it up a lot. And yeah. I guess yeah. it's because of this whole stigma that's been yeah. created. Mm-hmm. So I just yeah. really loved this speech because yeah. I was like, it's, it's just okay so to honest. cry. It's okay yeah. to be upset. It's okay to have emotion like we're human. That's what yeah. makes us human. Exactly. There's no point hiding that. There's no point bottling that up. It's part of who we are. And exactly. with every girl group ever, they'll be like, what did you do when you hung out? Oh, we just chatted. You know, a couple of us cried. You know? <laughs> and I feel like, why don't we all get that chance? Yeah. It is therapeutic. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, it's therapeutic the to have a little cry. They could be crying at home by themselves, but mm-hmm. it's just the whole thing of being public about it. Yeah. That it's so almost frowned upon. I know. So, it's really yeah. sad. So hopefully, it, I guess it just kind of makes it a bit more acceptable. Yeah. I mm-hmm. hope that we do see a change in that yeah. culturally. But the other thing that I thought was really uh, kind of caught my eye about the speech and why I wanted to play a clip of it today is I think that often with sport, we forget that these are like people at the end of the day mm-hmm. and yes. it's so easy to be like oh yeah they should get rid of goddard because um you know some people being like you know he's kind of been there too long like let's yeah, free up the list of younger someone players younger even. um which like you know is a is a fair is a fair comment you do need to keep a young list mm-hmm. you do need yes. to keep evolving your team building looking ahead looking for the future and we were only extending goddard on one year contract so it's not exactly. necessarily it was a short-term uh scenario but it had this, this is still a person, like you can hear, yeah. and I think yeah. we forget that often, like football players are being traded interstate. They have to uproot their whole families. Yeah, this is their entire lives. I they know, are they training so all hard the time, for and it. also it's a lot of their families' lives too. Yeah. So he's probably not only getting upset for him that this is the end of an era, but like this is sort of all his family's ever known, kind mm. of. This is his identity. Yeah, exactly. I always wonder how difficult it must be. There was an amazing Four Corners. Um, program last year oh, that, that looked one. at how oh, retirement yes, for athletes yes. because most of us um unfortunately we can't retire till we're well <laughs> into our 60s but no athlete cannot well there are some out there who are amazing but Good most athletes them. you know their physical yeah. peak is early it is and your body career. simply can't sata- um maintain yeah. that level of fitness and strength agility etc mm-hmm. yeah, uh, kind of you kind of once you hit your 30s that's yeah. really kind of it 
And to have something that's been your identity for so long and suddenly no longer be able to play it, the that mental impacts that that would have. So I just think this speech is a really good reminder of that. And just, it's not saying you do need to talk about, it is still a game at the end of the day. It players is. know that when they go into footy. It's a ruthless industry. It but is. you can acknowledge that it's a ruthless industry and still acknowledge how the players are feeling. And guys, now we're going to get into a bit of a review on an American teen romance called To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Should really just be called The Best Movie Ever because oh, that's what oh, it is. I so agree. So basically, it's about a 16-year-old girl who writes love letters every time she has a major crush. And Recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> right there. But exactly, because they're just intended for herself, but her oh. little sister goes and releases them to each one of these boys. So effectively, they've read the entire love letter scene, oh, the entire extent of her feelings. Exactly. I am dying from secondhand I embarrassment. Know. I know. It's just, it's crazy. And the lead actress is actually played by an American Asian girl, which I found so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And especially because just last week on the show, we were yep. talking about the lack of diversity mm-hmm. in Hollywood. I mean, this yeah. isn't a Hollywood film, but it's still that industry. And I think, I can't remember the exact statistic off the top of my head, but I think it was something like we looked at a study and I think it was like about 3% yeah. of roles in like the top 200 films or top 100 films from the year, like last year or something. Yeah, um, went, to to, went to someone of Asian appearance. Yeah. Asian and um, often I feel that even when a role does go to someone of Asian appearance, it's quite tokenistic. It's quite, it or is. it can be offensive. It's mm-hmm. kind of their um, their race becomes a punchline. It becomes yep. a joke. A little bit self-deprecating. Whereas in, exactly. Whereas in this, it was not at all. She that, was simply yeah. just a young American girl mm-hmm. like everyone else falling in love that's exactly and it was so, so beautiful yeah. but then like it didn't ignore her culture no. either like it, it was mentioned to like um her the, dad cooking korean food yeah. and things but i it i just remember her culture like yeah, quite a bit yeah. yeah but it was just um it was just like it it was just kind of treated it like it's normal which it is because i mean yeah. it's not just white girls who fall in love in high school but if you yeah, look at exactly. rom-com yeah. industry that's what you think that's exactly what the actress lana condor was saying that her next role she wanted to do a rom-com because you never see like exactly. you actually Asian never leads. see and it look at her she got I the know. role and she, and she did amazing oh, killed so it good. Like, so so good oh you watch her and my her facial expressions when the letters went out i was like Oh my god! I know. Oh my god! <laughs> I felt her in that moment. I was Same. like, oh, "This would be the oh, no. worst." And her little sister. Can we just talk about that? I'm yeah. a little sister myself too. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done anything this bad to my sister. I hope not. Yeah, I don't. I think the worst thing I've done to my sister was like drop some earrings <laughs> in the veranda. No, this is a whole new about level. It. This is a whole oh my new goodness. level. Whole new ballpark. Oh. I, I. If my sister oh. ever did that to me. It would be like over. I, like, I, I would, I would no longer be your bridesmaid at your wedding, Kate. Let's say that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, like picture this: the little sister comes, sneaks into the room, looks at her box she knows is private, and then sends the letters. Oh, what was going through her mind? But can I just say it's a bit of a rookie error to address the letters? Mm. It kind of mentions that a bit That's later on. But, but the thing is, she would have yeah. found them anyways because, like, yes. some of, some of the crushes were kind of a long time ago and they don't really become relevant. But the plot of yeah. the movie is really kind of focused around. Two, two guys major, who major crushes. Two and one of them she can't be with because it's her sister's boyfriend. Yes. And the other one is like the most popular guy in school. And so they end Peter up Kavinsky. pretending to date she and this popular <laughs> Total guy. Heartthrob. <laughs> He's very beautiful. He is amazing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just so, so, just watch it. He's so beautiful. 
Um, yeah, so it's kind of about like her and Peter like pretend mm-hmm. to date so that her sister's yeah. boyfriend they thinks do she's the classic, over him and pretend to be in love. I'm not sure what's gonna happen, quite frankly. Yeah, but <laughs> it's yeah, very interesting. I would classic. definitely recommend it to anyone who needs a good rom com. Give watch. it a watch this weekend, guys. Yeah, absolutely, go for it. Hundred percent. And that brings us to the end of our show, unfortunately. Oh, it grows so Thank fast every week. <laughs> I mean, it has certainly been a big week. We have had mm-hmm. a new Prime Minister. Just and casually. one of the greatest rom-coms of all time. I mean, I can't really tell what's more important. You know, both rom-coms. Yeah, I'm kind of, rom-com. you know, and The Bachelor, that's definitely in there for exactly. importance. Exactly, up there. Yeah, it's not, not as important. <laughs> but as always, if you liked what you heard, please give us a like on our socials. Mm-hmm. You can find us at Weekly Wrap. That's Weekly Rap S-Y-N on mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Tell us what you thought of the show. Yeah, we'd love to hear tell from you. If, you. if you watched All the Boys I've Ever Loved, give us a line. Tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. Give us a rating out of 10. Tell yeah, us if you liked it as much 10, as we did. Because um, we loved it. Yeah. So and um, as always, if you miss the start of the show, you can head to our website and you can listen to the podcast. And hopefully we should shortly be available on iTunes as well. So Yay! stay tuned for that Good. news. You've been listening to a Sin Media Podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7.